The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Hello there, boys and girls, and welcome to another live episode of Circling the Bases, proudly a part of NBC Sports Edge. I'm your host, Colin Henderson. Joining me today, as always, Mr. Christopher Crawford. Chris, welcome to the East Coast, buddy. Thank you, sir. Thank you. It's uh, I'm just noticing that you can see my suitcase in the background. That's, that's kind of fun. Um, I am in New York. I'm very excited. I'll be going to a uh, very fun event through Topps. Uh, way too long a story to explain how I got this thing, but I'm very excited. Tomorrow, I will be eating dinner with Randy Johnson and Mike Piazza, but today I'm recording a podcast with Colin Henderson. I will say this. This is technically a little bit of a vacation for me. Drew didn't do the podcast when he was on his vacation. DJ didn't do the podcast when he was on his vacation. What I am saying is that I'm better than those people. I, I It's hard to argue that point, and please know <laughs> tomorrow – I will be doing. I will be yes. covering your show tomorrow yes, in a eerily similar hotel room in Detroit. So, yes. like that, I too will be continuing to rock it up, even yeah. though I am on vacation. But Chris, he's got. I mean, I appreciate you trying to. I appreciate you giving Randy Johnson and Mike Piazza a chance. Yeah. I know. I know that really, you just wanted to come on the show with me. Yes. So I, I know that the. <laughs> It's a, it's a trade-off, but I'm yeah. glad that you gave them a little bit of charity there. But you're, that sounds like a fun event. I'm very yeah. much looking forward to seeing so uh, or hearing the review of that. For sure. Yeah, I'm excited. It's uh, Randy Johnson was a huge part of my childhood. Yeah. And uh, Mike Piazza is the greatest hitting catcher that I've ever seen. It's, so it's a uh, it'll be very fun. Um, they've already basically told us – you know how they like do those stand-up comedy shows where they take your phones because they don't yes. want people leaking them? It's basically going to be a situation like that, but um, they can't stop me from telling stories. Maybe I'll have lots and lots and lots of stories afterwards. There's Make sure you guys are tuning in next week to hear all of those stories. We'll get a yes. bunch of those good ones from Chris. Absolutely. But in the meantime, we got a show to do, so let's do it up. On the show today, Chris and I will talk some pitchers returning from and heading towards the injured list. Dodgers top pitching prospect will make his debut Tuesday night. So we're going to discuss a little bit of that. Chris will give you a preview. Uh, big news around baseball Twitter day. Chris Bryant apparently definitely on the move at some point over the next week. We'll kind of get into that a little bit. And then we're going to finish up the show. As you can tell by my very festive Yankee cap over here, we are going USA Olympic baseball today. Obviously, the opening ceremonies are this weekend. 
So we want to make sure that we get you previewed for the U.S. men's baseball team. And then obviously, with an eye towards your fantasy roster, Chris and I will talk about some of the prospects that are going to be playing on Team USA that you should be looking out for because they might be on a fantasy roster near you soon enough. But speaking of the Olympics, this Friday, the one night when the world comes together, the world's biggest show on the world's biggest stage, the opening ceremony of the Tokyo Olympics, Friday night, 7.30 Eastern on NBC. Do not miss it. Love a good opening ceremony. And this this Olympics is going to be weird as hell. So I'm very exci- I'm very excited to see how this plays out because I have no idea how it's going to play out. But no, make sure 7:30 Friday uh, Eastern on NBC. Make sure you're tuning in for the opening ceremony of the Olympics. Chris, are you excited for the Olympics? Are you an Olympics I am, guy? I am an Olympics guy. So I'll say this: I am not an IOC guy, but I am a fan of the Olympics because I fair. like watching the 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 best athletes playing the handball is my like if i could make a living writing yes. handball i would do it yes I'm just letting you know right now that i saw your run, tweet the other day yeah, and i yeah. could not have agreed more i this is my search history pops up with <laughs> where, the, where the heck do i play handball, handball every yeah. once every four years and this is about the time it's one and of my favorite sports to watch it's it it's a f- sport that i love to watch but it's also a sport that frustrates me because Look, I root for America. I want I want the USA to do well in this event. I don't get how we're not good at handball. We should have a great handball team. It should be something that we should be very good at. You know why we don't? It's because every time I type in, where do I go to play handball, nothing shows up. Nothing shows up. Google goes, did you mean baseball? Because I don't know. I don't know what handball is. So that's the reason why we're not good at it. Oh, man. I love it. I love handball. I love um, you know, I love watching the gymnastics. I love watching mm-hmm. um, the swimming. It's a little weird this year because I don't know a ton about the USA uh, men's swim team. Obviously, I know Katie Ledecky, and I'm hoping right. that she wins every gosh dang yeah. medal she can. Yeah. And you know what? She will. Yeah. She's just an unreal athlete. Um, but I am excited. I, I have some obvious issues with the the committee that puts it together. I don't think anyone doesn't have issues with the committee no. that puts it together. But it's a lot of fun. Hoping everybody can stay safe. And I'm real, real nervous about Olympic basketball, too. Real nervous about Olympic basketball. Well, when they get beat up by Nigeria, we have yeah. previews. We have we get to start worrying about that. <laughs> yeah. But like you said, uh, I watch the World Cup and I watch college football. And I don't like either of those organizations <laughs> either. So well said. we're going to well run said. through. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I, I'm a big Olympics fan, too. This Me is too. the time of year I start genuinely caring about sports like curling and other yeah. ones. I know obviously that's winter, but sure. like, you know, just all of these, I, I think the other ones, three V three basketball, they did, I want to see the rock climbing one yeah. that's going up this year. That's a new one. Sure. Karate. Yeah. Skateboarding is going to be fun. Skateboarding is um, going to be in it. Yeah. I, I mean, this should be a lot of fun. I, I, again, it's two weeks where I unnecessarily watch more television in the middle of the summer than I should. So yeah, yeah at like 6am for no apparent reason. So, <laughs> Just waking up, and now with Peacock and all the rest, like you can watch literally everything so all the time. Yeah. So now it's just like it's like a junkie just putting it into my arm with all of these Olympic stuff. Go Team USA for sure. Let's hop over to some of the top stories on the baseball front before we get to Team USA baseball, uh, and let's start off with Spencer Turnbull, uh, righty for the 
Tigers, he is set to have Tommy John surgery. He will miss the rest of the season and at least half of next season recovering from Tommy John surgery after tests revealed chronic damage in his right elbow. He's best known this year for throwing that no-no on May 19th against your Mariners, sir. That's right. On the year, 4-2 and two with a 2.88 ERA across nine starts. He already had a little bit of an injury issue, came back, and now we're back to this spot, uh, which is a genuine bummer not only for Spencer Turnbull, but also for the Tigers as he was looking like a piece that either they could hopefully build around for a little bit or a piece that they could hopefully have sold high on. Now, neither of those things will occur at least this season, probably not next season either. Now, if you are a fantasy manager rocking Spencer Turnbull, do you have any names out there to give to give them to replace? Because this is a guy we usually talk about like, oh, look, DeGrom's down. There's nothing to replace him with. Spencer right. Turnbull is a guy we could actually talk about a legitimate like-for-like replacement for. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's a bummer because, look uh, – the Tigers do not have a ton to uh, be super excited about right now, but that is one of those guys that uh, has shown promise that um, something to build around. I mean, the pitching looks, the long-term pitching there looks Mm -hmm. great. So that's, that is kind of a bummer, but uh, you know, I would be looking at if Carlos Carrasco is going to be, um, looks like he's going to be coming up fairly soon. I would be looking at adding someone like that. Mm. Uh, Danny Duffy is a guy, although I know he just got placed on the injured list, um, was the guy that I was going to suggest. Maybe we'll just skip that. David Price. It looks like David Price has a role in this. Uh, even if he's only given you four to five innings, maybe even less than that is a guy I'd be looking at. It, it's kind of tough that at this point this year. There, there just aren't a lot of options. In fact, one guy I'd be looking at is a guy that we're going to talk about in just a sec and for the Dodgers is Josiah Gray, uh, because I think there is a lot of upside and maybe we can just kind of translate into that now. All right, let's talk about him a little yeah. bit here as, <laughs> as we get into it. What a phenomenal transition from Crawford over here. Uh, so let's talk about Josiah Gray. Josiah Gray, the Dodgers top pitching prospect going to make his debut Tuesday night. Um, it's either against the Giants, he's either going to do it as a starter or a bulk reliever. Right. I'm kind of still kind of figuring out exactly how that's going to play. Um, he's been limited to just 15 and two thirds innings this season with AAA Oklahoma City due to a shoulder injury. But in that time, he's been really, really good. A 2.87 ERA and a 22 to 2 K walk ratio. Ain't nobody going to have a problem with that. He is the number 42 prospect in MLB.com's preseason rankings, number 29 on Fangraph's preseason rankings. So uh, universally pretty much across a top 50 prospect. I feel like there have been a lot of the top pitching prospects that have made their debut over the last two, three seasons, and there aren't a whole lot of them that have gone well. So outside of, I think, Ian Anderson maybe – and Sixto Sanchez last year, right, like right. outside of that, and even then, we haven't seen Sixto since this year. Right. Uh, how excited should we be about Josiah Gray now that he, at least for the foreseeable future, is going to be wearing a Dodger uniform? So this is an interesting one because we kind of talk about real-life prospects and fantasy prospects a little bit. I think Gray is a better real-life prospect than a fantasy prospect. Okay. Because one of the things he is, is he's super athletic. By the way, the Dodgers got Gray in the trade that sent Alex Wood and Yasel Puig to uh, Cincinnati. They are not regretting that trade. They don't regret very many of them, to be honest with you. But look, Gray is a guy who has 
easy 93, 96 mile per hour fastball. It's got some good life to it. Has a plus slider. We'll mix in a good curve. We'll mix in a good change. And he commands those pitches really well. I'm not sure if he's going to be an elite bat misser, which is one of the reasons why mm-hmm. I have him ranked lower on my fantasy prospect list. I'd have him much higher in real life because there's an extremely high floor because of his athleticism, the ability to repeat the delivery. I love the fact that he's going to get a chance to pitch for the Dodgers because the Dodgers are very, very good and going to give him win chances. Even in a bulk role, there's a chance there. Like Certainly that hurts his innings, but just as good of a chance of picking up that W, and that's 20% of a standard uh, league category, so that's always nice. I just don't think you're going to see a ton of missed bats. Certainly not a guy who is just completely relying on defense with that stuff and the ability to command it. Ability to command it can lead to strikeouts. If you locate a good pitch, there's a very good chance that the hitter is going to either take that for a ball or just not be want to do anything with it, and it gets ahead in the count. But I do think he's a better real-life prospect than he is a fantasy one. But that doesn't mean that you can't add him on a fantasy roster. Just be a little cautious because this is not somebody with the stuff of a uh, a Nate Pearson or a uh, a Hunter Green or someone like that right. or Grayson Rodriguez, but he has a higher floor because of his ability to locate it. So an ad, but kind of a cautious ad. I think a cautious ad is the perfect way to put this. Again, the fact that we did not have really a minor league season last year, and he has only pitched what I say, 15 and two thirds innings at triple a this year. Right. Even if he's pitching well, it's going to be a quick hook. Like there is not enough of a runway in his, in his arm right now that you could expect to get five innings out of a guy. Now, especially with a Dodgers team that leans on their bullpen as much as they do, and I know they're decimated by injury and or suspension at that starting pitching spot right now, but you have to assume that there's going to be a quick hook for him the second that there's any real trouble. So it's tough for me to look at him this year as a must-add, even if he were to go out and pitch four scoreless against the Giants tonight. Right. It still looks to me like you got to be able to find more innings and probably more upside elsewhere outside of that wins column. And like you said, if he turns into a bulk reliever, just getting a W could be very much in line for him. And that might make him relevant to a certain extent, but he's not going to get you innings. He's not going to get you high strikeout totals. uh, And hopefully – he will keep the walks low because he has, but right. we've seen a lot of guys in the minors keep their walks low. As soon as they step up to the show, suddenly that, that ratio, that was what we say, 22 to two. So right. suddenly it looks a lot more 15, 14. So yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, we saw that kind of with Chris Paddock, like yep, a, exactly. a, just an absolute strike throwing machine. And it's very different. You have to, um, it's much easier to challenge hitters in AAA than it is to challenge hitters at the major league level, as, as, as much as confidence as you may have in your stuff, there's going to be some nitpicking. But, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. There is certainly a reason. Very nice streaming option, I think, uh, when he gets the, when he is announced to be that thing. It's going to be kind of frustrating because I don't know for sure you're always going to know when right. exactly he's going to be used. But excitement, much more of a long-term play to me than of 2021. I, I, I had him listed in my top 10 prospects for a reason. Um but if he's used as the bulk guy, and the very fact they're discussing it makes me think, yeah, they're going to use him as that bulk guy, yeah. at least to start. Uh, it kind of lowers the, the floor a little bit. Lowers the ceiling, I should say. Long term, is he uh, is he a number two? Yeah, I would say that's uh, number two or number three. And then okay. um, 
And that's very valuable. There are oh, very few aces, like true aces in baseball. So um, I think he can absolutely be right around that second or third starter. If the velocity takes an uptick, and we've certainly seen it with players of his age, with uh, all of the working, uh, all of the stuff that pitchers can do now to gain that velocity, then maybe he takes that extra step forward. But but my guess is um, he's more of a number three on a very good staff. Let's hop over to Baltimore as their ace of their staff returns from the IL in John Means. John Means returns the rotation Tuesday night against the Rays after missing several weeks of action due to a left shoulder strain. Um, he, before going down in 71 innings across 12 starts, a 2.28 ERA, 0.83 whip, and a 69 to 13 K walk ratio. You absolutely love every one of those numbers. Right. So he is going to be a welcome addition back to the Baltimore Orioles and better yet addition back to your fantasy rosters. But let me ask you this, Chris, coming off of uh, obviously coming off of a shoulder strain. I wonder if there's going to be any type of drop in velocity, just that tends to happen when you have guys who hurt their shoulders. But is this a person is, in John means, is this someone who we could see the trade deadline is all of, 11 days away right now. John right. Means, before getting injured, was very much being discussed as a trade deadline candidate. Him being 28 years old, does that mean, you know, does he fit the window of the next, uh, you know, when Baltimore becomes relevant again? He was fetching a very high price at the time. Now I'm curious, do you think he is someone still rocking a Baltimore uniform come two weeks? I think he is, but I couldn't guarantee it. it it's for the reasons you just said. By the time John Means is, you know, by the time Baltimore is ready to compete for a championship, which who knows when the heck that'll be, but it's not next year and it's not the year after that. Uh, John Means is going to be a pitcher that is unfortunately considered past his prime. But I do, th I do think that they're going to maybe say, look, this is a, uh, a especially with what Baltimore is doing right now, a cost controlled pitcher, someone mm -hmm. who doesn't cost uh, a ton of money. Um, I also kind of wonder ex how much value he would have. Now, there's obvious value because of his success. Um, but this is a pitcher, like, if you're looking at the metrics type of stuff, like, the, the baseball mm -hmm. savant page is nice. But this guy had a batting average balls in play of 192, which is impossibly lucky. And speaking of impossibly lucky, his left on base percentage is 100. 100%. That's not possible to keep going. It's just that's actually nuts. I didn't know that, and that's yeah. kind of awesome. It's that, amazing. Like, awesome. It's phenomenal. I didn't know that actually until I had DJ on the show a couple of weeks ago. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> it was before uh, John Means got hurt. But I mean, yeah, that's like really hard to replicate. <laughs> uh, you look at the metrics; like his ERA is two point two eight, his xFIP is four oh two. Now that's not yeah. a, an abhorrent number. But it does tell you that, yeah, John Means has gotten a little bit lucky to go along with. Um, and to be fair, last year when he – in the shortened year where he had a 4.53 ERA, um, his expected ERA was 3.02. So the, there's a little bit of a balance here. Ultimately, I think John Means is a very solid back-end starter who is pitching well above his head. Also got fortunate to face a Mariner lineup that was just awful. Uh, and that look, that's a 
That is one of his 12 starts this year. And when you throw a what should have been a perfect game, um, when you throw uh, one of those, it's going to help your numbers quite a bit. Yeah, that helps. So, But to answer your, the, the question, I do think I could see John Means being moved, but I also wonder if Baltimore is like, we got to have something in this rotation for people to watch because outside of John Means right now, they've got some great pitching prospects. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, it is so hard to watch right now. I think one of the things that'll keep John means on the roster is simply unless he goes out there and goes eight innings of dominant shutout ball in his debut. I don't know if there's enough time for him to prove that he's got everything in his arm to get the, the, to get the package back that Baltimore would want for him. And I think that's part of the problem here. Trade deadline 10 days. Yeah, exactly. 10 days. That means he gets two starts and unless he looks like an ace in those two starts, Sure. It's going to be tough for anybody to give up the number of prospects that Baltimore would need to actually make that move. So right. he seems more of a off-season, probably next year's trade exactly deadline kind of guy. Say. Yeah, but um, I, I a huge boom for Baltimore and a guy that needs to be back in fantasy lineups because yeah. even though he might not be a two point two eight zero point eight three kind of guy, right? If he's a three three with a whip around one, like that's he still very fantasy relevant. So he can help. make yeah. sure if for some reason he was dropped, you know, if he was dropped because of all the number of people on IL and whatever sure. else, yeah. go grab him up again because yeah. this is a guy who has already proven that he could be and he would have been an all-star if yeah. he if he was healthy. And he yeah. honestly could have fought to if he had kept it up, could have fought to try and be the the all-star game starter the way that yeah. he was putting together a first half. So Absolutely. make sure yeah. he is on roster somewhere. And if he's not, he should be on yours. So speaking of trade deadline guys, big news around baseball today, Jeff Passan of ESPN reporting that Chris Bryant is quote as good as gone in the next week from the Chicago Cubs. Obviously Bryant's a free agent to be at the end of this year. The Cubs losing 11 of 14 over the rest and completely falling out of the AL, the NL Central race has all but moved their blow-up plans along. They already moved Jock Peterson last week to the Braves. So Chris Bryant looking like over the next week he will be gone as well. Um, I think one of the more interesting parts of Chris Bryant, obviously you know you're only going to get two months plus theoretical postseason play from him. Right, But for a regular everyday position player who has played 56 games in the outfield, including 14 in center field, along with 28 games at third base, his positional flexibility, his real life positional flexibility is unbelievably valuable. And that opens up a trade market that almost every team could fit. Yeah. I mean, every team should want Chris Bryant. I mean, it it sounds... It sounds like that's something obvious point is obvious, but every team should want Chris Bryant. He can help in so many different ways. And like, look, I know he's hitting 265, but mm-hmm. 345 on base percentage, 490 slugging, um, add some stolen bases, you know, can run um, a better real life runner than a fantasy runner. Um, the, the team that I keep going back to is the Mets should just absolutely be all over this guy. I know yeah. they have JD Davis, which is kind of the, I, I hate this term sometimes, but kind of the poor man's Chris Bryant. Um, as even though I was been, about to say it, yeah, so yeah, good. yeah. I mean, that's but he certainly hasn't been hitting like it lately. But um, like Chris Bryant can help so many teams, and wherever he goes, he immediately adds um, 
because he's going to go to a contender. It wouldn't make sense right. for a non-contender to trade for him. <clears throat> his fantasy value takes a big run up because he's going to get a chance to drive in runs. He's going to get a chance to still hit for the same type of power that he's hit for throughout his career, really. I would be super excited and looking, if you still haven't hit that fantasy trade deadline in your league, to trade for Chris Bryant if he gets added to a contender and like Vassan said, and it doesn't make sense for the Cubs not to trade him at this point. Yeah. Like, like I, I, I guess the only thing is if you really want him to be a part of your organization going forward, then, then maybe you hang on to him and just hope that you can work something out before free agent sign. But I think that bridge might've been burned. No, so it's done. It's yeah. done now at this point, he's getting moved. Yeah. And to your point, from a fantasy perspective, you don't wait till he gets moved. Like, no. make the trade for him now because as sure. soon as he gets moved and he's suddenly part of a, you know, a Mets team, suddenly part of a, you know, a Brewers team, suddenly part of a team that actually has a need for him that can give him better lineup protection, can give him more run scoring opportunities and all the rest, and put him on right. a contender where he's actually going to care about games come late August and September. Uh, like you said, uh, stock is skyrocketing up. Try and sure. get him for that if that's the case because he's going to get moved and he's going to get moved to a contender and i don't see a scenario where that is a bad thing moving forward nope that's a great point yeah i'm i'm really excited to see where chris bryant plays because i'm a big chris bryant fan i want him to play for a team that one wants him and two um is going to be relevant because the cubs are basically done yeah, they're done now. And I'm curious to see, and we'll talk more, I'm sure, over the next week across all of our properties about the trade deadline. The Cubs are going to be one of the most fascinating teams during the next week because they could truly blow it all up. And I'm curious to see how far that will go. For sure. So we are in playoff push time in the fantasy baseball season. So make sure you're signed up for NBC Sports Edge Plus. Signed up for Edge Plus gets you access to our fantasy football, basketball, and hockey sections in addition to our incredible baseball content. We all got fantasy football drafts coming up in addition to this, so just hop on in and get everything for all one little price. As a reward for our listeners, be sure to use promo code BASIS10 to get 10% off any premium subscription package, either monthly or annually, regardless of tier. So to find your edge, make sure you're signed up for NBC Sports Edge Plus. The promo code again is BASIS10. Real, real quick. Cam Akers, man, what a bummer. Cam Akers, I don't. Yeah, yeah. That's, well, this uh, is, a, and I know somewhere there's already someone who's done a fantasy football draft who's upset. And oh and gosh, is, yeah. You know the same way that we talk about people who are upset because they drafted people in the first week of spring training back in yeah. like late February. Sure. There's someone out there who's already upset, but the Cam Akers news is is a genuine bummer. Just especially, I am all aboard the LA Rams Stafford McVay train this year. I'm all aboard it. Yeah, that, that's just I, – I like watching good players. And Cam Akers really impressed me towards the end. I think, real quick on a fantasy tangent, invest in those running backs, uh, the rookie running backs last year who looked – because I don't think you can overestimate how big it was for them to lose camp, to yeah. not have that chance to get hmm. – especially as a running back where you have a lot of things you have to learn about a new system. It's no longer – most of those guys are playing in the spread offense in college oh. football. Like what Jonathan Taylor did, and unfortunately, we are not going to see Akers, um, but what Jonathan Taylor did and a few of those other guys, like A.J. Dillon, I think, really impressed in the second half. J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins, great, yeah. All of those guys are guys that I'm really looking to add in fantasy football last year. They were really – that's a really good second-year running back class. To your point, 
learning how to block for your quarterback is the fastest way to get onto the field from the running back. And if you have no training and you have no training camp, it's no way you're learning that. You gotta look and you just saw a bunch of these guys start blossoming late in the season specifically because of that. So yes, I a hundred percent agree with you there. Yes. There will be there will be Definitely more fantasy football talk on this podcast. There's Sorry. no way that there's no way there won't. I just know that there will be. And you know yeah. what? I feel like the Venn diagram of people who play fantasy baseball and fantasy football is 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 pretty close. Yeah. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader. Three great words. Free fries Friday. Especially when they're used in that exact order. Get a free medium fries with $1 minimum purchase. Valid one time on Friday. Sit participating McDonald's through 12-31-24. Excludes tax must update to rewards. All right, so let's get back to baseball, though. And let's talk about the USA men's team. I mean, this is exciting once again, baseball back in the Olympics for the first time since 2008. Um, it was not part of the last two Olympics, so time for us to go get a gold. Yeah. Let's set a little download for you guys out there about the U.S. national team. Team USA is one of six teams to qualify for the Olympics alongside Israel, South Korea, the Dominican Republic, host country Japan, and Mexico. They went 4-0 in qualifying, outscoring their opponents 29-10. Team USA is ranked fourth in the world, according to the World Baseball and Softball rankings. I don't know how good those are. Are those FIFA rankings weird or whatever else? I don't know. But in those rankings, Japan is ranked number one. South Korea is ranked number three. USA is ranked number four. Mexico, number five. The DR, number seven. And Israel, number 24. Cuba, the big excluder here, that was number two, winners of three of the last past five gold medals awarded in the sport. They failed to make the Olympic field. As we continue on to the download, the schedule. If you want to watch the USA team, they are guaranteed to play two games before the knockout stages, July 30th versus Israel at 6 a.m. and July 31st versus South Korea, also at 6 a.m. That's 3 a.m. your time, Chris, so enjoy that. And August 1st through 7th is the knockout stage. History-wise, the U.S. has had a pretty decent run in the Olympics. They got fourth place in Barcelona in 92, bronze in 96 in Atlanta. They got the gold 2000 in Sydney. I remember that game very well. They did not medal in 04 and got the bronze in 08 in Beijing. And now we on to the players. Mike Sosha managing the team, the bane of my existence of managers, because he beat my (laughs) Yankees every single time when he was manager of the Angels. Uh, And then it's headed by Todd Frazier, Tom River's own Tom Frazier, Little League World Series' own Todd Frazier. Wait, what? Oh, I know. It's amazing. Did I break news to you there? I hope I did. Frazier is from New Jersey and he played in the Little League World. 
It's amazing, right? Why is no one right? talking about this? <laughs> uh, Edwin Jackson, Scott Casimir, David Robertson. So some pretty familiar names there. Um, four of those guys um, and Jackson uh, have played for Major League Baseball. Jackson won a World Series in 2011. Robertson won, won with my Yankees in 09. Seven all-star game appearances between those guys. Casimir has three of them. Frazier has two. If you remember correctly as well, Tom's Rivers' own Frazier won the Home Run Derby in 2015 as well. Uh, still, still from Tom Rivers. Meanwhile, the rest of the team, a lot of prospects and guys from the Nippon Professional Baseball League, headed by some top prospects in Tristan Cassis, Simeon Woods Richardson, and Shane Baz. Those three guys all on uh, the top 100 prospect list, according to MLB Pipeline. Cassis is the top-rated prospect on the roster at number 34. Simeon Woods Richardson at number 68. And Shane Baz at number 71. So, Chris, a full lineup of a ton of really interesting prospects out there. You being our major prospects guy, please give me a download of who are the players I should be watching out there for not only this year, but also for the next few seasons that might be on my fantasy team. Sure. Um you know, I'll just kind of go in alphabetical order and give a little sure. bit of a break down here. Um, Nick Allen is one of the most underrated prospects, both in real life and in fantasy. A superb defender. I think he's going to be, become the star of this Olympics because you're going to see him make just some spectacular plays. Uh, listed at 5'8", 166, that might be generous, but a guy who makes hard contact all over the field. Very kind of similar to Nick Madrigal, but... The not quite as speedy, but a much better defender with all due respect to him. I think he could be fantasy relevant in a couple of years. Shane Baz is number three on my list right now. And the only reason he's that low is because he's going to spend a couple of weeks in Japan instead of playing for the Rays. But what a disaster of a trade that was for the Pirates. Baz came over along with Austin Meadows and and along with Tyler Glass now. That uh, did not work out very well. But Shane Baz is the guy who can locate four pitches, has an absolutely ridiculous ridiculous strikeout to walk ratio right now uh, i think he's going to help the the raise in a big way and has a chance to be a top of the rotation starter someday cases is a, a kind of a, a volatile prospect a little bit he can really hit but he's very limited to first base he's already 6'4 250 that is a big boy who needs a big cereal um but he can flat out rake uh, i'm really excited to see what he can do i could see him hitting in the middle of the order uh, someday for those guys. Um, uh, Joe Ryan, also from the Rays, is a uh, an interesting prospect. Um, a guy who doesn't quite have the same stuff as Abaz does, but maybe a chance a higher floor because he locates it so well. Uh, I can see him helping. And then Simeon Woods Richardson is a guy that the Mets are probably regretting trading right now. Um, electric stuff, and he's starting to command it better. I could see him helping the. Uh, helping the Rays, rot- or excuse me, the Jays rotation Jays, yeah. uh, at some point next year. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't, I, I, I'm glad you brought up that I love how different all of this stuff is, like in terms of the roster, that you've got guys from the Nippon League. You have guys, uh, you have one player who's coming in over from the, the Mexican League. You yep. have guys who are Anthony playing Cutting, in, yeah. yeah, you have guys playing in double A. You have guys playing in triple A. I think that's fun. And it's, um, you know, it doesn't matter as much in baseball, like chemistry type stuff. You know what I mean? 
So yeah, just bring about a hodgepodge, you know, and that I think that'll make the team much more fun to root for. If I had one complaint, six teams is way too low, way too low of a field. I understand technically it's an experimental sport, I believe this year. So, um, so I understand that you couldn't do like a full 16 or something like that, but you got to do more than six going forward because it's just, it takes, it'll be interesting to see because you're going to see, you know, um, you get a chance to see everybody, but mm-hmm. that you got to expand yeah. the field to like eight to 10 next year. But I am very excited. And all of those guys have a chance to help in fantasy leagues. Yeah. The, the six teams, I was doing the research on it. And I was a little taken aback by the six teams. Uh, I know that there's technically qualifying beforehand. So like right. if you want to expand it out, but like that wasn't full rosters. No. Uh, Duran, who just made his, his Red Sox debut the other day, he was on the qualifying team. You look at a couple of veterans, Matt Kemp, Homer Bailey, Matt Wieters, all yep. on the qualifying team did not make the Olympic roster. So right. it's it's kind of interesting when you're starting to look at these guys and go like, okay, well, they were qualifying, but they didn't qualify with full right, with with 26 man rosters or whatever it is. Matt Kemp, Homer Bailey, Matt Wieters all played in the qualifying games, and Duran also not only played in the qualify, qualifying games, but was hitting like three and in the three hole and was doing very well while there. I'm curious what the, what the Red Sox want versus what team USA wants versus what Duran wants is the, you know, is the reason why he's not on that roster, but by all metrics, he would have been not only one of the, on the roster, but he also been one of the stars of the team. Right. So I, I have a little bit of uh, an inside source into the situation ooh, that ooh. Duran was basically set asked, do you want to play in the Olympics or do you want to play for the Red Sox? And he chose the Red Sox. Okay. So, there you go. so, and that is also one of the reasons why he wasn't a part of the futures game roster is because they wanted to keep him as fresh as possible. Now the Mariners did the same thing with Jared Kelnick. They let him go play in the event and also, but I think they did want to give him a break from the fact that he did play in a bunch of baseball games first, then played in those Olympic qualifying events. And then, you know, Giving, giving that guy a chance to rest was not the worst idea in the world. But basically, that's what happened with the Jaron Duran situation is they said, do you want to go play for Team USA or do you want to play for the Boston Red Sox? And while I think winning a gold medal probably would be very cool, the chance to go play Major League Baseball is not something I would fault anybody for doing. So he hates America. I got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just, I was just waiting for you to say it. Like, thank yeah. you. He just hates Jared, America. Jared, remember this. Remember this, Boston. You just got someone who hates America. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I, we have – so the first matchup, like I said, July 30th against Israel, July 31st against South Korea. I looked at some of these rosters, and I recognized a few names out there, not many, though. So this is going to be kind of a learning experience for all of us as we watch them. I – recognize zero people on the Israeli team. So that is going to be completely new ground. Um, Actually, the team I recognized the most out of was the cute, well, outside of Japan, was the Cuban team, which didn't make it. There are a lot of guys who are on, who are like on major league fringe rosters who would have been a part of the Cuba team. They did not make it. So that is interesting. But um, like I said, 4-0 in qualifying and outscored their opponents 29 to 10 um, have looked really good so far. I went back and watched some of the highlights of their four qualifying matchups and everyone looked good. Scott Casimir looked really good in some of those. And it's just fun to see Scott Casimir still Scott Casimiring it around. Oh, yeah. You know what Absolutely. I mean? So, um, 
so we'll see a lot of this. I what I'm excited for, and I find this every year. Pick a tournament in any sport, and I immediately think soccer in my head. There's always the guys who you know, we go and watch Portugal and suddenly Renato Sanchez comes out of nowhere and you're like, oh, wow, he's amazing. And now suddenly he's like in the zeitgeist for what soccer is. Right. I'm excited to see with no baseball um, in the Olympics for the last few years, obviously the World Baseball Classic being a part of it, David Robertson closing it out in 2017. But there's going to be some names on this list that we don't know that we're going to know after this. Um, so is there anyone, if I'm going to give you an op opportunity, because you know these guys better than I do, is there anyone on this list that you particularly feel is going to dark horse his way into the general baseball conversation? I'm going to go back to Nick Allen. I okay. really think that he's going to be the breakout star of this. And, um, you know, I think I, I looked at the rosters as well. Th there's some good teams, but if you look, if you're just talking about the best team on paper, I think Team USA is the best team on paper by a considerable margin. I That doesn't mean they're going to win. That's one of the things about baseball, especially, is like anybody can beat anybody with the right starting pitcher or the wrong starting pitcher going right. through somebody. Exactly. But Nick Allen is just such a special defensive player. And just he's that, that scrappy guy that everybody likes playing. And that's underselling him because there's – Obvious talent. This was a third round pick um, who was going to go to USC, but Oakland paid him a good amount of money to keep him uh, mm -hmm. from doing so. But he can really play. I'm excited to see that. You mentioned the the Is Israel team. I'm, I'll be rooting for them against everybody but Team USA because they're the dark horse. And it's so wonderful uh, to see that program. There's a wonderful documentary that I, I um, just search for Israeli baseball documentary because unfortunately I'm not professional and don't have it in front of me, but it is terrific. Um, the work that they have done and their hats are fire. Like those are the are best. They? I, haven't, I, oh I did gosh, not get yeah. to that level yeah. of, uh, of, oh, yeah. of my, when, of my we're view. Done, when we're done, I'll, I'll do a screen share with Colin and he will definitely agree with me that I love really, a good hat, man. Yeah. Yeah. They are very good. In fact, I went to the world baseball classic uh, when it was in San Diego last year and I wanted to get a team team Israel hat and unfortunately they sold out real quick and then to be fair oh those hats I, are dope yeah oh, those, they, that's a very dope hat that's a really really yeah. good hat and what's funny is that team Israel hat was sold out I went to go watch Puerto Rico play the Dominican Republic and that hat still sold out so that kind of gives you an idea yeah. of just like how much people are kind of rooting for that program and uh all of that, but um, but if I if I had to pick a team to win it, like Team USA's roster, it's not great, but it has way more talent than the other rosters. Yeah, from what I can tell, and again, I don't know, I can't go pretty deep into the the Mexican team. Like, I just don't, I don't have enough sure knowledge about it. But like, the U.S. team looks really good, and from one through nine in the starting lineup, and we've seen it in the qualifying rounds, it just looks it looks like a well-balanced team. There's a lot of speed. There's a lot of good defense there. There's power. So, and, and there's also a ton of experience now with like those four or five veterans on top of Mike Sosha. Like this is going to be a prepared team. And I think when you're going into a national tournament an international tournament, especially one as prestigious and kind of awkward in this 2021 Tokyo one, right. having any of that, I think is going to be really nice. Although remember, Japan at home playing in yeah. the playing at home. That's, I mean, if you're going to pick a favorite, 
That's, Japan's probably the favorite entering because they're going to have their whatever version of home field advantage they can get. They 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 would be my pick for for silver medal. Maybe I'm just being biased towards. Team I'm okay with that. But okay look, that. I mean, there are guys on here that are legitimate knocking on the door prospects or guys that have had significant, um, in some cases and in some cases middling, but major league baseball success. That's tough to replicate. I, I, it's something that look, um, we've obviously seen that team Japan is very, very good at baseball and they will be, uh, they will be one of the favorites in part because we talk about that chemistry thing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter as much in baseball, but those guys have been playing together forever. And that's the same thing true for a few of these other countries. I mean, a lot of these guys do have Team USA experience, but you're there for like two or three months and then you go about your way. A lot of these guys in Japan and Korea have been playing together for a very long time. And while there's no real scientific proof that it really matters that much, you can't ignore it. I'm pretty sure the documentaries of Major League and Major League Two and Major yeah, exactly. League Three have all yeah. taught me that, Based on a true team, story. that a team unity can overcome <laughs> just about anything, all right? Amen. <laughs> but that just about finishes up our show for today. If you like what you're hearing, make sure you are subscribed to Circling the Bases wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to rate and review us. Five Olympic rings only. We love those. Go Team USA. You can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Don't Lie, and you can follow Chris at Crawford underscore M-I-L-B. Be sure to tune back in tomorrow as I will have our own George Bissell onto the pod to talk you through the trade deadline rumors and breaking news, so make sure you don't miss it. Yankees versus Red Sox. Big, big Yankee fan versus big Red Sox fan. That'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Fireworks will occur. Really? Real real quick. Please try to get him to say park the car in Harvard Yard with his accent. Just once. I'll have to figure out a way of making that work. Thank you very much. So until next time, tomorrow for me, next week for Chris and I, stay safe out there. And as always, thanks for the listen. I love you, Dom Smith. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.